Here we are, Steven and Jack in the morning, debating the hot topics of NFL free agency. First, I want to lead off with Deshaun Jackson and where he potentially could land. And according to Edward of ESPN about 40 minutes ago, there was a report that said that Deshaun Jackson was in deep negotiations with two teams that were not linked to him before. I want to get your thoughts on who you think those teams are, where you think Deshaun will land, and if it's going to be a good fit. I like that Steve mentioned New England because Brady's been looking for a deep threat the last couple of years, and Deshaun could provide that. Deshaun might be a tr trouble in the locker room, but Belichick has taken on those kind of guys and made them into better people, so that could be a potential good fit there. We know Jerry likes to make a splash a lot. But, oh, yes, uh, he does. I don't think it would be a good fit in the Dallas because you already have Des Bryant there. It would be an absolute headache for Romo to deal with Des Bryant and Deshaun Jackson on the sideline. So I think those are two potential teams there. You know we cannot get through a show without me mentioning my beloved New York Jets. And J Jack, maybe you could shed some light on this situation. I don't get it. Why not pursue a guy like this? I don't get it. Why not? The money's there. You have $35 million in cap space to get a guy you put opposite the guy you just got in Eric Decker. You have a Jeremy Curley in the slot. You have a Geno Smith that needs weapons. He's begging. Explain to me. I don't get it. Well, do you really want to go out and spend more money on wide receivers now when you have Geno Smith as your quarterback? Interesting. Look, I'm not going to defend the man. He had 12 touchdowns and 21 interceptions. He had the worst quarterback rating in all of football. I, there's no, I can't defend him. But however, when you look at the guys they're throwing him to, they don't belong in an NFL field. Heck, they don't belong anywhere in sports. And you're gonna put them on the team and blame the kid? Come on. It could be a potential good move because if you look at, look at the last couple of years, Rex Ryan has drafted defensive ends, defensive players in the first round five years in a row. It's time to stop ignoring the offensive side of the ball and give the quarterbacks a chance before they get blasted by the New York media and are unemployed like Mark Sanchez. Early this uh, morning, uh, Manish Mehta of the uh, New York Daily News, big Jets reporter, said that the Jets would have some interest if Chris Johnson would be available. And when I read that, I, I shut the phone off because it, it just didn't make sense to me. Chris Johnson, 29-year-old running back, 28, my apologies. He... Six years in the league, fine player, very explosive. I get it, six, six 1,000-yard seasons. Great guy's great. You are going to sign a guy. He is a headache. You're going to give him probably a multi-year deal if he comes out. But you won't give it to Sean Jackson, who could be the same headache. It just doesn't make sense to me. And you have a bigger need at wide receiver. It does not make sense to me. You were a top six team in the league in rushing last year. And now you're going to tell me you're going to give me this moron? I don't know. John Itzik is really getting me thinking. It don't make sense. doesn't make so much sense either. I think what the Jets are looking for is that threat out of the backfield. Because if you look at 2008, 2009, were those the years when they went to the championship? 2009, 2010, yeah. When they were at their best is when they had Sean Green and Thomas Jones running wild. So they're trying to get that spark with Chris Johnson and stop that stagnant offense. Let's leave this NFL because I'm just going to cry after a while. Uh, let's go to the March Madness. And I see you uh, sporting your Michigan hat. Um, I know you. Uh, Tough loss. I know your kids went there. Um, <laughs> how do you think? Uh, talk to me about it. I mean, it was a tough loss, but uh, you got to give credit to those Harrison twins. They were ice. But uh, Michigan fought tough. When you have a small forward as your power forward, a shooting guard as a, and you six six guys going against six nine top five recruits, and you're playing a game like that, you got to give them credit. Played tough.
Don't you think Calipari is getting too much credit for this crap? I mean, look, guy did a great job. I might be biased and big Louisville fan, as everyone knows. But, okay, he has the top seven recruits in the country. And everyone's blowing him because he got this team to the Final Four. Maybe I'm not seeing things, but I, I, I don't get it. I mean, the guy's getting so much credit. Yes, he deserves some credit, but not not to the point where he should be anointed the president. I, I just don't get it. I mean, I agree with Mike Greenberg on it on this one. Yes, it's hard to manage a team with that much talent because of all the headaches and whatever. But the bottom line is that Calipari is not the one hitting that last three in the game. He's, he, a coach can only do so much in that situation. You got to just give it up to the Harrison Twins there. You, you were going to tell me that... Uh, Andrew Harrison or Aaron Harrison, I forget which one, was told to dribble the ball down and shoot a prayer from Calipari? No, he was not. He did it based on instinct and based on his own intentions. And for Calipari to get the credit for that is baloney, and he shouldn't. It's bullshit. That is going to be interesting how Michigan shapes up here. Do you think Staskis will go to the NBA? I'm a big fan of Staskis. Uh, I, I saw you tweet, um, you know, how can a six, even, even if he's not great, uh, he's a 6'6 six, six kid. He handles the ball well. He's a knockdown shooter. I mean, I don't see how he can't be successful. Look, granted, I, I mean, look, I can see a lot of parallels to a Gordon Hayward in that he could do a lot on the floor. He's a very good knockdown shooter. He's, he could be a top 15 three-point shooter. in the. He, right now, he's a top five shooter in the country. I see it. I, I really do. I, mean, I, I do. I think his downside to Kyle Culver could play defense, pass the ball. What would, what would you say his upside is? That's, that's a tough question. Point. It really is a tough question because I could see him being, like I said, a Gordon Hayward. I really love that comparison. I could see him being the, the curl, off the curl, off the screens, like a J.J. Redick. I do see that also. But he, you remember, he's 6'6". And he, no, no offense to Walton, but he played the point a lot this year. And he really, losing Burke, it didn't really seem like they lost Burke. You know what I'm saying? And losing McGarry, it didn't really seem like they lost McGarry. Because I don't think last night with Mitch McGarry that they were winning anyways. So I think the, the way he played and matured this year, I don't know. I think the sky's the limit with the kid. I like him. I think it would be interesting to see how this turned out. Because you don't really see people that could shoot that well and still be able to pass and drive basketball. Let's switch gears here. Opening day. April, March 31st. Who do you like in the World Series? Let's go straight to it. World Series. I'm going to roll with the Yankees here, going out, getting Tanaka, getting Ellsbury. You know, it, it reminds me a lot when they, people sort of said they bought the championship in 09 or whatever. Sort of saving up to be that kind of year. I'm going to agree with you. I think the Yankees are winning it all. I said it, I said it from the beginning of the offseason, before any moves were made, because I had confidence. Unlike John freaking Idzik, I had confidence in Brian Cashman that he knows how to build a damn team. And... I think he did. I think he put the, everyone on the field. I think they have a top five rotation in baseball. I think if they can stay healthy, their lineup's just as good as anyone else in the, a, uh, in the AL East. The only question mark I have with the Yankees is replacing Mo. I mean, let's be real. You know, Mo was a staple for the New York Yankees for 15 years. Look, I'm not saying there's no question to the Yankees. I'm assuming Jeter could go in play 140 games. You know, Brendan Ryan could come in as a substitute and play for him. I'm assuming Teixeira gets back to... to 90, 95% of what he was two years ago. But I think, you think David Robertson is ready to take on that Mo role? I don't know. That'd be a tough question. I'll be pulling for my boy Billy Bean here. I mean, he's won over 100 games multiple times over the last 10 years, but they seem to always go out in the first round. Do you think that is because they don't have enough big-time players that are not ready to step up into the moment? Or do you think they've just sort of been unlucky there? So I'm not like you. I don't love the, oh, Billy Bean... 
sort of not spending money, buying, I'm getting these 30-year-old guys with their metrics. I'm not a metrics guy. I've never been in any sport. I, I hate it. I think it's stupid. I think if you if you see the, the kid knows how to play ball and the, the guy knows that he has the fundamentals of baseball, you, you get him. I don't know, metrics, PER and basketball. I, I hate that. You know, they say LeBron has a, the best player efficiency rating over the last 20 years. You can see that. I don't need a dumb metric to tell me that. I mean, I just think the metrics are stupid. Whether I think that's the reason why they don't make it, I think the lack of star power could have a uh, effect on them making it or not. I think it's a definite possibility. But look, they were right there last year in Detroit. They, they could have beat Detroit. They were there. So I, I don't necessarily say that's the reason why, but I think it could definitely play a role. Switching gears here, we go to March Madness. So we got, we got Kentucky, we got Florida, we got Napier, we got Wisconsin. And uh, who do you think is the best player in the tournament? Oh, right Shabazz now? Napier, without question. I've been on, I love this guy. I think he's, I think he's mini Kemba. However, I think a close second is Frank Kaminsky out of Wisconsin. I love his game. He, I think you said it earlier. He reminds you a lot of like Dirk Nowitzki. To me, I like him as a Pal Gasol because of his ability to, to step out 15 feet out of the perimeter and also the perimeter move. I mean, the base, the baseline moves that he has with Pal that Dirk does not. Maybe I'm wrong. Do you see a comparison there? I never see a comparison because when you see a guy that's that tall, can shoot that well, and has that touch, I mean. That's once in a decade kind of a talent. It's going to be hard to pass up on. But uh, these guys only being looked at as a late first round, early second round pick for the NBA draft. I was wondering why you think they're going to fall that far. Interesting question. Um, look, I think Kaminsky could be, like I said, I think his best will be Pagasol. I think maybe the lack of uh, <clears throat> uh, toughness could be one of them, or the lack of aggressiveness could be another. I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure. What do you think? Who do you think's winning? I'm gonna pull for Napier, but I may be more with my heart than uh, with my uh, head there. But he's really been so clutch throughout the season. Look at that buzzer beater through Florida and pulling his team up in other clutch moments. I don't think he's the guy. Just doesn't feel the pressure. Steps up to the moment. Talk about an underrated coach. I think Billy Donovan is exactly what that is. I I, I think he gets his guys always playing. He's in the Elite Eight, it seems like, every year. The guy won it twice. I think he doesn't get credit. I think the guys like Calipari and Krzyzewski and Beheim, they get all the, the love and all the credit because they've been with one organization, and uh, this guy gets no, no credit. He gets no credit whatsoever. I think he's a much better coach than he's given credit for. Definitely something to be said for the way he's helping his boys grow up. I mean, the guy who Wilkins had trouble off the field has really blossomed with their clutch player. He got young down low. They run their way, their offense is efficient, and you don't really see a team that pl play that tough on defense. So Donovan definitely deserves credit there. You want to see how this? You're gonna like end it off.